right, Bible Talk Walk. Um, Biblically today, I studied a little bit um, Bible in the Year by um, Father Schmidt. I guess it's a it's a pretty simple thing that he's doing, but it's it's just refreshing more than anything to actually go through the Bible. Uh, however you do it, for me, I got I got time to listen to work. Um, some people are speed readers, so they can just read through, um, you know. But I used to uh, just read at night, one chapter at a time, maybe two. So, you pretty much got to sacrifice a little time, or make a little time, make make that a normal thing. Uh, A lot of people, they want your time, and they want that for good reasons, Um, but, you know, you did two chapters in the morning and two at night, you'd get four chapters a day, and that put you well on your way, Um, close to a year. That was always my rule of thumb. And then, um, I have friends, though, that have, like, timed it and everything and done all that. That's cool. Like, I had a reformer buddy. Uh, He ended up being a reformer. Uh, anyway, uh, that's what he did. He timed it out. And he, he researched how much time it would take. And he did it. And so that's interesting. But I, uh don't know if that's the best way to do it um it it is i guess to get into the mental state thinking more mathematically i guess about your time and scheduling that can probably jog your brain and make it more engaged um methodical that's good um yeah so past church today if you hear my voice do not harden your hearts so amen for that um and that's what I'm trying to do I'm trying to share the gospel the full gospel and not this watered down gospel I want people to actually confess their sins and then come to Christ and go to church um I want think it's it's worthy of pastoral um, uh, empathy if possible or sympathy definitely uh, with like the underlying causes of like uh, some of this outrageous stuff we're seeing these days which I think is caused by child abuse which ultimately is caused by
caused by uh, the uh, um, the war in Iraq and Afghanistan in the past, but also like the lack of a conclusive. something too and um, I, uh, I think uh, it's interesting um, it's probably there's a lot of there's probably a lot of nuances there but anyway um, a lot of details there it's just but I think as a larger scope that that really helps me be empathetic even towards like leadership decisions on things like that it's just what is the underlying issue and it was, yeah, there's a lot of neuropathway damage from um, uh, the taking of Imago Day, especially in a physical way. And I actually, I do want to say, I think it's better that it was done physically, especially hand-to-hand, you know, face-to-face, because, and I don't think it should be a question of ancient enemies, you know, that we have, that are not of Christ, uh, that are aligning with the true ancient enemy, um, and I think it's better that we address them as an ancient enemy, and as, you know, fallen angels, uh, fallen, uh, just heresies that people have accepted and set themselves on trajectories as a society, even. You know, I think it's good that we get to the physical face-to-face because, but I think we should obviously, as Christians, trust and and be in a position of superior, uh, not in like a a racial or none of that, but like a, you know, a superior um, physical if, if it was like, and it's justified the means, just warfare, Augustine, yes, we should be in a physical, far more superior position that is holistic and natural as possible. So, um, the ultimate, you know, the ultimate thing that you see, I think, in that kind of strategic situation would be like the monks in the Middle Ages that basically ruled the the promised land the issue was they weren't actually living as monks they they sinned and they were for a while and that's probably why they had a lot of success but they they strayed away from the lord they they acted like noblemen and it just shows you right there um how things kind of work god is actually in control it is a physical thing, but it's also a spiritual thing, and it's also, and it can go both ways. If, if if God's people sin, He loves them enough to discipline them, and so that's why. Yes, I feel like a horrible person being in the state of Michigan with the power of the state. Absolutely the number one physical warfare going on right now in the world is on porn life. And I am in a place where uh, we are being overrun in the state. Now, the 
federal, yeah, we overturned Roe versus Wade. But in reality, uh, there's so much at play. Um, but the um, a lot of it is uh, a mixture between uh, men not being there as fathers because of neuropathway damage, because of wars and everything. But the actual physical largest war of the entire world is unborn life that was meant to be born. So, that being said, it changes the dynamics of righteousness in a lot of different ways, and it changes quite a few things. But, God's people are still God's people. There are still righteous people in Michigan. I am in Michigan. I am standing as a person that loves the Lord in this state. And I am planning on standing my ground. Um, now, God's will could change for my life, but I'm just thankful. I'd like, you know, I just read a lot of good different topics too um, but for the gospel and for the most important things like that um, the understanding like in a basic sense like I think maybe I don't know what Jesus meant by that fully but it seems like he went to Jerusalem to share where and so that's the place the religious people and all that but it, it doesn't mean the religious people good, but the, the environment, some people probably had a gist of the idea. The fishermen that were probably not caught up in the blinding effects of pride. Like Satan was blinding them. Um, so, there's all that bag of chips to think about. obviously because people are sinful and whether they want to do the right thing sometimes or not they get literally afflicted um and they will come off the wrong way or other people will make them look bad or uh, higher powers also are trying to mess stuff up but that's why God is good and he's in control you know you can trust that he is in control and just pursue him 
just keep, you know, I'm, I'm constantly like wanting to know more of the scriptures, wanting to have it refined. You know, it's like, it's like, I know I got this diamond. I'm holding this massive diamond. I'm just like, I need help cleaning it off. It's like, yes, uh, you know, but you know, you get people to come along that will say, Hey, I got a jackhammer. It's like a Franciscan monk or something. He's like, hey, you need me to take off half of that uh, that dirt right there? I can do that with the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't even need a jackhammer. <laughs> like, oh, okay. So, there's that. just uh, do my standard thing at the end, shalom, but also uh, if you, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, um, draw us, Lord Jesus Christ, draw us, Lord Jesus Christ, uh, sanctify us, Lord Jesus Christ, sanctify us, Lord Jesus Christ, sanctify us, and if you have any, um, anything that's, I was going to bring this up a while ago, but if you have anything that's blessed, if you can go to church, it's anything is blessed. There's, there's some kind of authority structure there. Um, and especially if you know it, because I think reality works with our neural pathways. Um, and, uh, you know, all that creation of reality, creation in general, you know, I, there's gotta be something to do with our, ourselves, in our neural pathways and our relationship with God and just everything working together for the good and just God being alive and active and us being participatory in uh, a little uh, there's different it's probably good ways to explain the venal substitutionary atonement but um, outside of uh, uh you know, other views on that, um, but, um, I I don't know, maybe that has a little bit to do with it, um, but, uh, if you, okay, what I'm getting at, if you have a, if you have a, uh, like, blessed anything, or just say it's a significant thing that reminds you of good things, all that, whatever, I I think it's good to like uh pray with that thing. Uh like for me I would say I just get a cross, get it blessed by your local church. I would say like your local priest, but you could even have your you know in a basic way and this is totally legit. Just any Christian, any father figure, you know, thinking in that mindset, any any even just parental figure uh, if you don't have any kind of father figure or male figure at all, um, praying over, uh, whatever you, you got your cross or whatever it is. Um, obviously cross and, um, all these things are, are of Christ are probably more efficacious. It just, it would make sense. I mean, but yeah, I don't want to, the thing is, some of the stuff I'm saying, I don't want to consider it dogma, unless it seems like common sense, like, yeah, that should be, 
considered like a dogma or teachings of the church, especially if you can check it up on the scriptures first and then, um, you know, holy writings uh, that are, uh, you know, inspired by the scriptures, um, you know, the canonized scriptures and all that. And um, which would probably not be, uh, if there were, I don't know if there's like degrees of holiness, but or or different views of holiness, because uh, there's different perspectives, um, probably that people have, and that uh, uh, different neural pathways, you could say, that have been affected by this world in uh, you know the things of God or the things not of God. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's got to be part of it too. But um, it, it goes beyond that. I'm just saying that in a basic sense because it's got to go beyond that. It's it's everything's kind of connected in a lot of ways. You just, you know, it's just different ways to think about that right there. But um, also, uh, yeah, Lord uh, bless people to have the light of Christ shine on them, uh, not uh, other lights not not a angel of lights that are not of you uh but the light of christ and and not a false version of christ like uh, saint francis uh, i think he had to battle i think it was one of the saints um but god uh i also pray for uh everybody to surrender to you and uh that uh that, that chooses to freely and um, that uh, you would lead them on, God, that they would follow the path of life, that you would lead them on that path, God, as well as myself. And uh, I just pray for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, yeah, and I, I'm hoping to get other prayers like that. Um, you know, it's good to sit in front of, uh, I think, whatever reminds you of communion, really. But um, I would say the physical presence of Christ in the Eucharist, that is such a powerful idea in the sense of denial of Gnosticism and denial of the the, the reality that the physical presence is good. And there's probably... a ton of better uh apologetic arguments that mine doesn't probably hold weight but anyway um there's there's more to that it's not that it doesn't hold weight it's that there's more detail that you should look into um and i have a good book uh that would be great for people to look into um i got the picture here of it i want to buy it because it's really good um, it's essentially an apologetics book for the Eucharist. Yeah, here it is. It says, beginning apologetic three, how to explain and defend the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. This one's by Father Frank Cochon, C-H-A-C-O-N, and Jim Burnham, uh, forward by Mark P. Shell, San Juan catholic seminar seminars so that would be a good one uh i want to go through that sometime but that's a good one 
And then also, uh, I got, uh, the Canon, uh, highly suggest Code of Canon Law, uh, annotated version. I don't want to read that, but things like that, it's really good for helping reform the church in a very system way that helps with, uh, keeping things right and in order so we're not in chaos you know, how to curb the chaos, focus on the Lord. And I've heard uh, godly people say, just focus on the Lord and the sacraments. Um, that will actually curb chaos um, because uh, it's it's God, it's life, it's the kingdom of heaven invading earth, um, taking back earth, really, from the fall. And so... Um, that's why I'm into reclamation theology, but I'm not like obsessed with it. And, um, you know, also I'm into, uh, uh, I'm not into some aspects of this new book dominion. Um, but it might be a good one for priests to read and to critique because it's probably not hundred percent orthodox. And then, um, Dr. Oh, Dr. Doctor. I don't. Doctor, I can't remember his um full name off the top of my head, but I really want to get his book because he basically takes the Dominion book and he breaks it down into a uh, probably a better, better understanding, more orthodox. Uh, he probably, he probably redacted some of the stuff that wasn't, uh, necessarily right teaching. It was more just experience of, uh, the one priest. And, and I think that that could be used. I just want to share this so it gets out in the airwave that I think could be used to eliminate, um, the issues with confession right now, there's a lot of legal issues. I think that, um, priests could have teams of people to do, I would say, I think they should do minor exorcisms. They shouldn't be getting like their faces pounded in by evil. They should, you know, be, you know, doing more like perimeter defensive operations, like firefighting, you know, you, you hit the house with the hose from the outside and it cools, the outside in, and I think that would be kind of an idea, kind of like counseling even, where you help the person help themselves, um, and yes, I think aggressive and fast, like some firefighters like to do, but I, I think too, um, working as a team, and, uh, and in the team sense, because the biggest issue right now is confession is being, uh, attacked by, um, by the number one reason, uh, that, you know, evil could use is the, uh, child abuse issue. And uh, what I just unpacked earlier about what's actually probably going on with child abuse, I think, uh, it just seems like common sense, more than common sense, more than the political common sense movement. It, it seems like something we need to look into before we look into accepting of all this training and all that other stuff. So, Anyway, um, if the exorcism teams could be involved in helping 
specific people with minor exorcisms that are outside of the people's personal property, but still within the parameters. So you basically like if you find out somebody down the road uh, in your say your whatever your county, say they're in your county, you know, praying for having your priests and team go into the county. It doesn't even have to be in the area where the priest knows there's like serious child abuse or some kind of evil going on that somebody confessed. And in the priest is still trusting that the guy can eliminate the evil by repentance, which he, they probably, uh, they probably committed to repenting because you know that why why would they even go to confession but say say there was something like that going on which probably does occasionally and especially like places like la places that are have a lot of evil um you know on a very system level but uh say that stuff's going on um basically the team could be the ones to uh communicate further the details that they're witnessing within the county level and then that would keep rightness in order county would be respected saint uh charlemagne would even probably show up because he's he's about that county you know and i just think that would make things right and in order and uh deal with some serious crap um and uh you know these if these teams of exorcists were also uh, ministers uh, within the Catholic Church, because you they they can't be this pastoral whatever, because they're gonna get taken to the woodshed if they don't have authority in Christ through the Holy Church. But if they were ministers that were men, because patriarch is a thing, whether we like it or not, it is. I mean, sure, women could try. Like, I'm not saying um, Deborah didn't exist. I'm not saying uh, uh, Saint uh, Ninian didn't evangelize, um, uh, and a lot of other prominent women. But I'm saying that in reality, it, you're gonna you if you can compensate if you if women could compensate it without falling into the sin of. Um, you know, aborting their children through birth control and things like that, or men, uh, men the same way. If men are using evils and little things like that, but big things as well, like uh, all the other th- sins that are out there, the Ten Commandments, if people are breaking those, any kind of moral sins regularly, um, or even venial sins that are adding up, like, excessively, um, then they're probably going to get taken to the woodshed. So it's a matter of creating these teams of, you know, it could even be within a pastoral framework because you're, you're talking green zone stuff. You're not going and battling aliens. You're, you're like encouraging people. You're, you're, uh, you're sharing the gospel, the straight scriptures. You're not, you're not necessarily unpacking the scriptures so much where it just absolutely, you know, creates this World War Three effect. But you're slowly teaching and teaching, rebuking, and training in righteousness. Teach, correct, rebuke, train in righteousness, you know, the word of God. 
that's what it's good for. That's what it's there for. So hopefully that's going on. Um, and hopefully all that works together for the good for those who love him and call the quarter to his purpose. And so I think part of it too is exegeting the scripture and these situations, um, keeping it right and in order. Um, I like the bishop out in, um, oh, where was he? out in Boston? He was right when he said everybody should take the stuff seriously about um, some of the evils going on, but they should also uh, do it in the church. They should uh, you know be strategic in the church, and so I kind of I I think yes, some people say he did wrong and he supported BLM all that. But actually, Martin Luther King marched right next to the BLM guys, so I think in the same breath you gotta you gotta share the full context. And yes, BLM is socialism, and that's wrong. But start reading some of Thomas Merton's stuff, and then ask yourself if America's perfect. But then again, start looking into like one percent of the commie stuff. And then ask yourself why you didn't, <laughs> why you didn't support America through and through, and uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> this isn't about nationalism. It's not about any of that. I, I think there shouldn't be as much of a separation sometimes, but it, it's it's all context and it's all um, it's all learning. I think that's a big part too is learning and uh, but really having having a desire to get things back right and in order and getting away from the chaos through the sacraments and um turning to Jesus not just saying no offense Kamala Harris but not just saying oh yeah I'm a person of faith like what does that mean you know faith in Jesus Christ yeah why don't you just confess it on your TV show on the Bible talk walk and uh, didn't really didn't really get into the Bible today um, I mean I did in one sense like uh, listen to the rosary this morning I actually listened to it like I try to like pray along stuff and yeah looking at the scriptures behind it. Um just a little bit of history there. But let's see today what it was. So well I guess I did I, I get I started the seven sorrows. Um become fire podcast. That was really good. Um, yeah. It was just good to kind of learn more about that tradition, I guess. And uh, just, I'm still trying to figure out how all the, the calendar stuff works. The church is It's really interesting. Um, it's a lot better than just... Uh, I used to be very like, oh, I don't want to do any calendar, anything, because I was just how I was doing stuff. It's nice to learn the history and 
that stuff actually happened, and what days it happened. It's kind of, I don't know, get, get a gist of history, get a gist of uh, what the church is thinking. Kind of cool stuff. I, I re-listened to another podcast. On, um, which I'm trying to be careful. Not listening too much. But it was good. Because I, I want to be focused on my relationship with Jesus. And not necessarily just all this spiritual warfare. I actually think it's really important. That people do talk about spiritual warfare. And asceticism. And uh presence doctrine and the presence of the Lord as well as uh, emphasis on the Holy Spirit. I think all these things are really necessary and not they're not done enough uh, charismatic uh, races and all that stuff is really important to talk about but I think really I wanted to focus on my relationship with God today. One, one thing I did get out of today was um, the uh, Pelagian Augustine debate. I really want to read that. I guess I guess it was really Pelagius. Uh, it was Augustine and I want to say Julian or somebody that was somehow the debate uh, letters had to do with that. But They were, I don't know, somehow they were the one writing, debating Augustine. But, it, and a lot of it, I guess, was about generational curses and stuff. That's really interesting. Because, um, yeah, I'd have to read it and see what that's about. But I guess the, the podcaster I was listening to, Dr. Schneider, which I've heard by some wise, uh, very ascetic, uh, people that are very dedicated to, like, the hours, and just that kind of lifestyle. I've heard from them that sometimes you gotta be careful with, uh, when people get really into, like, practical ministries, sometimes it's easy to, like, even though they're really smart doctors and everything, sometimes they tend to (coughs) say things that are that are not, like, fully canonized dogma, I guess. So that's something I'm recently just kind of looking out for. Because I like the emphasis, like, Ignatius, where Ignatius was really big into just following any kind of Christian devotion. He was just kind of, like, in. My leg was just practically blown off. And I'm just trying to live my life for Christ now and not soldiers, so now I just, just want to add every devotion I can to my life, worship God, and so I love doing that, you know, I guess I don't have legs, it's, <laughs> it's not the, a leg thing for me, it's more of a, uh, so my legs are okay, it's, it's just, uh, it's a uh, ear thing for me, but regardless, um, I, I believe that my hearing was healed yesterday uh, by uh, somebody 
for me. What they did, they did a, they blessed a prayer card, the Holy Spirit, with holy water. And they, I don't know if they did a special prayer. They just made the sign of the cross. And then they also put, they, I think they had holy water on their hands still or something. They put their, I said, oh, I'm going to go to a healing liturgy. Uh, I guess they have like special services. And I think they use like holy oil. self-focused on healing and all these charismatic, all these other things besides your relationship with God, it just, it doesn't come through. And at the end of the day, that's literally, at, I'm at the end of the day. I'm just reflecting on the day. And that's all I really care about. And my relationship with God and loving God, love your neighbors. And honestly, um, I think it was okay. And we had some neighbors putting up some power lines for us which you know, I don't know about electricity I feel like ideally we'd be off the grid you know self-sufficient more aesthetic but you know they seem like kind of aesthetic people themselves like one dude had a beard and hey you gotta do what you can that's why I feel like growing a beard is kind of like you're basically you feel like, at the end of the day, you, you feel like you can't do anything, but the fact that you're a man, or if you're a woman, like, you can grow your hair, you know, your hair is your glory, you can actually, that's like a devotional thing, I think, but for a man, you can just, like, not do anything, and your hair, your beard will grow, and bam, there's, you're practically doing an aesthetic thing, if not an outdoor thing. I mean, if I would say don't start until you got a full-time career, because that would almost be a rite of passage in itself. And um, just because people judge, they judge wrongly, and they will probably be judged by that measure that they judge um, wrongly against people with beards, but. I think God's merciful, but still, if, uh, you know, 
doing something that might be legit, you know, you might not be on the right path. So, it's just something to think about as far as that goes. But God is so merciful. There's so much grace. And, um, but I think everybody needs to step it up and uh, really get into a more of a, not just an ascetic life, but, you know, a relationship with Jesus life. All these other things are so good. They're so important. But I just, I just, when, when Jesus, when you see Jesus, I want him, I want him to say to all of us, anybody listening, myself, that well done, good and faithful servant. And like, I know you, but I want that. I want it to be like, I, he knows me because I also recognized him and knew him and biblically and, and it made sense and you know you know I want to actually worship and serve the Lord God and Him only not all these idols you know and I don't think a statue worshiping God that's efficacious for casting out evil that reminds you of Jesus or His mother you know or even God's uh, his angels, not fallen angels. I think that's not idolatry. Idolatry is where you're literally, I mean, you go to India, they got real idols. These are legit fallen angels, legit, you know, demons and all that. But there's also, I think there's like physical idols, like, and, and you know, spiritual too, but like things that are, you know, phones things that uh, take away from our desire for God and, and that's really I got this water bottle that says God will give you the desires of your heart and that's really what I I pray that we can just desire God and not just a superficial relationship with him and not not a not a relationship that's made uh, some kind of weird occultic uh, uh, you know now they got these these false doctrine things that are, they got, uh, basically it's called, um, Holy Spirit board, and it's just demonic, I mean, you gotta watch out, you gotta just focus on the things that are clear and true, and really encourage your friends or family in that direction, and encourage them, you know, nothing. Nothing. Nothing's outside of gentleness. It's it's all gentle. It's all patient. It's all kind. But at the same time, God is also a jealous God. I mean, it's the full scriptures. I mean, Jesus preached judgment. He did. You you can't deny that. And and majority, I guess, is preaching. And I'm just thinking of the gospels. You know, majority of it was just what he was doing. I mean, as far as his preaching goes, yes, but his preaching was through his actions too and he just lived as a fully man and he had a mindset that he was there to preach and teach and and to love his disciples and love his neighbors but anyway shalom bible talk walk hopefully all my stuff is still being published but I don't know. Sometimes there's like glitches and 
Anchor, but it's been pretty good for recording and uploading so far. Um, yep. Um, <laughs> yep, lots of good stuff. Bible, talking about it, walking it out. <clears throat> so, I'm curious about, like, spiritual warfare stuff. Like, so, Roman Catholics are really big in the... Uh, you know, the teachings on Mary and everything. <clears throat> I was wondering if I could get my Baptist friends, because I think one of my, one of the friends at work, or, you know, hypothetically, he, he might be, might be afflicted, or just he's having too much fun at work, making loud noises. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of a joking thing, but I wonder, you know, if he would benefit from just reading, um, you know, it definitely benefit him and his family, uh, you know, and his relationship with the family. If you, if you read the first chapter of, um, of the gospel, especially, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, I think it's Luke, maybe Luke just chapter one, might be Luke chapter two, whichever chapter focuses on the, uh, you know, Mary and, and Gabriel coming to Mary and saying, uh, blessed are thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. You know, I, I wonder uh, if that would be good to just encourage somebody that doesn't really believe typical uh yeah the typical you know prayer Holy Mary Mother of God pray for us sinners now and at the hour of death um as far as the Holy Mary that again Daniel chapter 7 and then the resurrected people the saints of old the resurrected right there that's uh they're called Gospels when they resurrect um, out of the tombs. It was like a pre-resurrection. They were the holy ones of old, I think. It was called something like that. And it talks about it, I think, in Daniel 7. So, anyway, um, that's how you, I guess that's one reason why you can call Mary holy. And obviously, the other one about uh, well, how you can call her mother was uh, Jesus on the cross saying, John, this is your. Sad because, like, 
people that really know what they're talking about are not really talking about it. So I have to sift through a lot of Bible scholars. They're not just saying it outright. They're only entrusting it to certain people, which is good, but it's like, I don't know. That is a quagmire. So, you know, maybe they're doing that so people won't try to manipulate it their own way to, or, you know, focus on getting rid of those verses. I don't know. Like, I know for a while people were trying to discredit Genesis because they felt like if they could discredit that, they'll discredit the whole Bible. So they, you know, it's an ancient warfare. You know, they're trying to get rid of Adam and Eve, you know, and make it all the other just diluted versions um, or demented versions really of uh, who man and woman are and who you know God is and his nature talk walk um Lord I pray that you uh we pray right now that uh that you would shine your light on people and be the light of Christ and the path of life that light that Christ not false death, false Christ, false prophet. I pray for that. Lord, you would shine your light on us. That we would be united with you in Christ. And pursue that relationship with you, relationship with loving God, loving our neighbors, one another in Christ. And um, pray for people to surrender to you, they surrender not only their uh, lives to you in the spiritual sense, but also the physical sense, and in all of our pains and suffering, we, su- we surrender that you, not only just laying that on the cross, but also taking up our cross, so a surrender of taking up our cross, carrying our cross as you commanded us, surrendering to you everything we can just as a joyful surrender everything we do that is hard surrendering that intentionally intentionally surrendering that to you when it's too hard Lord surrendering it to you and having you take it when it's something we can handle and we haven't completely been destroyed 
surrendering it to you in an act of a love offering and a uh, a carrying of our cross to you. I pray for uh, you to lead us on and to help us to follow the people that are literally miniature Christ in our lives, the father figures of you know, leadership that is right, true, noble, and praiseworthy. And uh, I pray for discernment to know the difference, for people to know the difference, especially in this day and age, um, between righteousness and falsehoods. But also to understand the falsehoods, to understand why people do what they do, to understand how to deal with that in a spiritual sense, to restore brothers spiritually, but also to understand because maybe they are trying to communicate the gospel in a very unknown, only God knows kind. This is Bible Talk Walk. <clears throat> Sometimes I don't know what to pray or read, or, so I just, you know, go to John 3.16. God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. Whosoever shall believe in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So... I was just thinking about how it's good to suffer for the Lord, be tired, um, to carry that cross. Uh, and I'm trying to think of like, okay, how does somebody bear good fruit by living, you know, a life that is, uh, suffering, hardships, but intentional, where, you know, instead of doing the typical thing, maybe instead, you know, doing things that are harder, that you know are, you know, righteous or more biblical or <clears throat> you know like having a beard that one's pretty easy you don't even have to do anything and according to Tertullian you don't have to you're supposed to not even touch it you know well I, I mean I still I still do as much as I can local beard oil, well, it's more like, it's not technically beard oil, but I plan on, like, mixing it with my own stuff, kind of add a little bit here and there, making my own kind of thing, it's really just, like, face, like, beeswax and stuff, lavender, somebody sells locally, so, cool stuff like that, I don't know better than that, you know, more like, you know, 
shopping. Uh, instead of shopping, grow your own stuff. You know, live off the land. <clears throat> Take steps in that direction and bear good fruit in that way where, you, you know, it's a, not just a selfish thing, but maybe there's some kind of Christ-centered way to do that. I remember a church down in North Carolina outside of the triangle somewhere like in Raleigh area maybe it's got some family down there but I they um there was a church that they had we had visited one time and it was uh, a blessing because um they had purchased a piece of land just for a garden and so they used the garden and my relatives who had sizable garden uh, were able to kind of see it or I don't know if they were able to work with anyway I just I thought that was cool and uh, I'm trying to listen to podcasts where churches use gardens my family always did the gardens um, for the front of the churches I think that's really cool um, I would I would like to carry on that legacy it's kind of easier said than done um, Obviously, yeah, it takes a little bit of capital. Or maybe, like, asking somebody for a donation to be able to plant. Um, You know, there might be people out there, like, if I had money enough to just throw at something like that and I didn't have time, I I would love somebody to ask me if they could do that for, like, my local church. Right now, we're still kind of... Like, we have our central church but we're we're still kind of figuring out if God's maybe calling us to serve multiple churches which I think that is actually what God has called me to and my wife but it's going to be <clears throat> interesting to see how it all plays out because um I just think it would be very efficacious um, if we could do that. 